Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And my guest today is mayoral candidate Greg Adela. And Greg is going to talk about the mayor and the police department. So, Greg, I'm sure you've been watching every move and everything that's going on in the city with the demonstrations and the police and so forth. What's your overall view? Well, good morning, Cynthia. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, So my overall view has been this over the past few weeks, um, just discussing this on other platforms. Uh, I'm I'm very saddened of what's going on in Albany, uh, just overall as a whole. I just think with the demoralization, the lack of transparency with the current administration, uh, and uh, just lack of of community by uh, these elected officials. In regard to the South Station, what I would have done is, you know, people have asked me, you know, what would I have done different if I was the mayor, you know, during this time? And honestly, this is exactly what I would have done. I would have got right in front of this situation. I would have gone down to the police station. I would have got in front of the protesters and the police right in the middle. And I said, I would have said this, look, what's happening in Minnesota and other parts of the country is not happening in Albany, New York. So we need to celebrate that that's not happening here, okay? It's not perfect here, but we're not having those instances. And what I would have, what I would have done is uh, said we need to sit down and have civil discourse because I thought we learned a lot through 2020, and apparently we haven't. I would have uh, brought in uh, the, the people who wanted to speak, the, the, the so-called leaders of the protests, I would have invited mm-hmm. them in into a forum to where we can be interviewed on film and possibly, you know, if, if uh, Chief Hawkins wanted to come in because the mayor is certainly not going to show up uh, and mm-hmm. see how we can start a discourse uh, and really listen to each other's sides of what is really happening. Because screaming, hooting and hollering, the name calling, uh, it goes nowhere. It goes absolutely nowhere. And history has taught us that. Uh, I, I think if we really started these honest and open communication uh, uh, outlets and, and ways of doing this, we could be a model not only for the, the great capital region, possibly the state and the country. So everyone could look to Albany and say, look, they got in front of this. Uh, they want to sit down and discuss this as grown adults. But every day when I read about this, it just seems they're pissed off teenagers and it's absolutely going nowhere and it's frustrating everyone. And a lot of the media is to blame, too. Um, a lot Greg, of the, let me, a lot of the, let me sure, stop you right About, oh, I'd say maybe about four years ago. I don't exactly remember when. <clears throat> but I had come up with the idea of creating a dialogue and focus on Albany about mm-hmm. race relations in the city of Albany. Mm-hmm. Not one. Not one person would step up to the plate and say, I want to participate. Not one person. So ultimately, you're going to get screaming and hollering and and whatever else. But as far as a useful dialogue, I tried to put that together and I failed. Right. And, And I'm sorry that it failed. Uh, I am a proponent and, and a person that if failed once, try again. So 
you know, to your point, it's four years later and it's still happening. When's, when's this true conversation going to commence? And I think we had a great opportunity here, and I think it was blown. Uh, this, this current administration, this current Nair, has consistently shown how spineless she is. She has no conviction on what she says. She backpedals, uh, and th- she doesn't back the police force. No one is on the same page. There's clandestine meetings. There's secret task force. I have no idea what the hell is happening in Albany anymore. And when I'm out on the streets getting my signatures for my petition to get on this ballot, which is an uphill battle as it is, I am just mixed, meeting people with very mixed emotions that are tired of politics in general because of what's going on nationally, um, tired of this administration. Uh, they want positive change. Some people aren't even registered, and some people don't even want to vote. And I said, well, if you don't want to vote, this is, this is, you're just going to, um, to, to keep this negativity and this administration in, in power if you're not going mm-hmm. to vote. This is, your, this is your time to change. So right. we, you have to start getting trust and trust in, in people that are from the area to get involved um, in, in a neutral way. Uh, and that, that's why I'm, you know, I stuck with the independent route, which is obviously a bigger mountain for me to climb. But there is so much apathy in this city, and nothing is getting done. Nothing. I see nothing positive. We had another murder yesterday. And of course, I'm yeah. the only one denou- I'm the only one denouncing this. Knowing it, no one is going to these sites and denouncing it and talking to these people. What is what's it going to take? It's, and it's like a bad, it's like a bad daylight, dream. Right? I'm sorry. That happened in broad daylight. It was at three o'clock, right? Three three o'clock, Essex and Rawson. Uh, people who are listening, it's it's in the vicinity of the co-op. Um, multiple, multiple, multiple gun cases found. And it's really sad. I feel for that family. I feel for the community. Everyone is living in fear. It's lawlessness. It's a, it's a circus. And this administration, which is full of elitists and, and people in, 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 my, in my stark conviction that do not care because they're all carpetbaggers and there's no accountability uh, from anyone here, and especially that council. Um, I'm fed up with all of them. To, to be completely, I've got nothing to lose by saying that. I am just completely fed up. They have no transparency and no backbone, in my opinion. And I'm getting that sentiment while I'm on the streets, too. So as much as they think they're doing good and, oh, we're progressive and this, that, there is actually a, a segment of regression happening, and uh, they should stop undermining and impugning the intelligence of the great people of the city of Albany. You know, you stepped up to the plate because you love your city as I love Albany, and you've put your time, your efforts, your money, and as you talk to people and you say they're apathetic, Mm -hmm. do you feel upset that they don't want to get involved while all this stuff is happening? Well, so great question. So what I find is I don't get upset at anybody, right, because you can't force anyone because uh, you never know their personal circumstances with, with family or, or anything that's bigger than, uh, than we might know uh, just passing by. 
what, what, what I do get a little vexed uh, with is the attitude of everyone wants something to change and they want it done now. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. So they, there has to be some leniency and some meeting in the middle that if we are going to have things change as a whole, it's going to take work on everybody's part. Maybe this will help clear it up. There's a lot of expectation on me, a lot of pressure, and people are holding me accountable, which I'm glad they are. They should. In response to that, I reciprocate and say, I'm holding you folks just as accountable because I need the residents and businesses of of the city of Albany to be accountable to their daily lives so we can work together because I'm going to need every single person no matter what their uh, economic background is, I'm going to need everyone's help in order for me to get this city back on track. And so that's what I tell people. And this is the time to do it. It's a very critical year. And there is, I, I very much feel that we're on um, a pioneer platform that, you know, I, I have stuck my neck out in the line. Uh, I'm doing a lot of hard work every day. It's my full-time job. And this is important for the future. And at the very least, if I don't get on this ballot, because if I get, uh, you know, kicked off because of signatures or they just try to keep me off, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a business, and it's a dirty business. I imagine your listeners know that. It's a very dirty business full of people that just want power and money and greed. Um, I know there's good people out there in politics that do want to do good for the community, but I, am, I got a master's degree in the past six months, especially in this area, of how systemically corrupt this government is. And that's what I try to you know, talk out with people. And I'll spend 10 to 20 minutes with people listening and learning from them and we just, like I said, I don't, I don't force anybody. All the conversations end in a smile and a fist bump. Uh, but this is the time where people need to take action and take change and start trusting again. And that's another thing. You know, it's, it's tough for, you know, people who know me or know our family business uh, to, to gain that trust. Uh, but I've been saying from day one, uh, day one, uh, that I am accessible and I'm willing to meet with people either Zoom or in person to try to listen to the concerns so we can make Albany a better community for the entire region. That's a tall task, Greg. Very tall task. It's a tall task, but I believe in it. Uh, I believe in the human spirit. I don't want them to be defeated. There's demoralization. Your audience needs to know that I've spoken with police, firemen, uh, city employees, residents and businesses, the demoralization that happens with this administration throughout the city is very, very significant. There is no pride. There's nothing to do in Albany. There is no fun. There's no fun. This administration is probably the most ice-cold administration that I've read about in recent memory. They hide from everything. They want to attack me and other candidates instead of doing their job, and they're all in six figures. They're, they're junior varsity. I'm a varsity person. Um, it's very elementary, uh, and, and it bothers me to no end. 
that they point their fingers and displace smoke and mirrors instead of getting work done. And it's a very eye-opening experience to see how corrupt it is here. And the only way to get it turned is if good people like myself get involved. You have to get involved. And I am giving it my all, and we'll see what happens in a, in a few weeks if I can get on the ballot or not. And, and, and Adam, out of all the negativity, I don't want your audience to think if they, if they know me or followed your show with you interviewed me over the past few years, I'm a very positive person. I come from a positive household and a, possible, uh, and, and a positive workforce uh, within my career and my family's. And, and I, I do, out of all the negativity that I find on the streets, I still see the light and I still see the positive people and I'm meeting them. I want people to know out there that don't feel defeated. You can, you can overturn these awful elected officials. Awful. And they're all in bed together. And it's all in bed with the media too. And, but it can be overturned with positivity if you stick with it. And I just want them to know that I'm not going to give up the fight, even if, I'm not, if I don't make the ticket. I'm not giving up the fight. I'm going to push and showcase how bad it really is in Albany. And uh, hopefully that opens up eyes and it will inspire people to really get involved and use their voice because it's doing nothing by people being a keyboard warrior and typing their thoughts out into the ether. You need to, right. you need to, physically, you need to physically get involved. And I'd be happy to sit down and talk with anyone that had an, uh, an idea or an interest in getting involved. And if I could help them and connect a bridge to where they need to go, I would gladly do that. You, you t- said to me that you got involved, what, three years ago, right? When you yes. went to the mayor and you told her about a specific problem. Now, in those three years... Do you feel that the mayor has become more isolated and alienated from the public? In my, in my experience, yes, because three years ago is when the first murder of 2018 occurred in front of our business. And then we finally got a meeting three years ago uh, this month. It was three months after uh, I reached out to them, and they only reached out to me because, and they said it's on tape, it's on record, that they lost my email, to which I said, what else are you losing at City Hall? So uh, we met with them. I had these ideas how I could help mentor uh, and build up the community even more. The mayor at the time, in, the, in her office with my father and then police chief, Sears, said, I like these ideas. I'll have my people get in touch with you. I never heard from them. So I had learned that when you start making waves, because all this government, they all say, we want to hear from you. Let's hear from the community. What can we do? What do you need us to do? Well, the minute you stand up and ask or say something, they take you as an enemy. And I'm so tired of that elementary attitude. If you want a better community, you have to listen to people that have established businesses and trust within the community that we're here extending an olive branch to help. But when I learn, and I did learn this, that they take me as an enemy and they turn their back because maybe they were embarrassed. Well, okay, everyone gets embarrassed in life, okay? You have to have some humility. But you could do a 180 and get, and, and get these people, the right people on your team and on your side to say, you know what? I don't take you as an enemy. 
I take you as an ally. Let's work together. But they don't do that because they're not from here, so they don't care. So you know, in the West, in the West Hill in the past three years, no one showed up. So when I made that video, the reason why is because no one showed up. There was not one elected official that showed up, no one, to show solidarity to the community or the businesses. Fast forward to 2020, on our corner when there were murders, again, last summer, no one showed up. When I reached out, when I went on to talk radio, they think you're just mouthing off. No, I'm passionate about this. This is not if you're a Dem or Republican. Straight bullets don't care what color you are or what party affiliate you're affiliated with. They will kill you. This is blood on the streets. I don't know what's going to open up the eyes of this administration or the population at large to get these people out, to break this cycle. I, I don't know. But what I'm experiencing in our section is no, they're not showing up. They're just not. I have a quick couple of questions for you. Sure. Now, now you grew up in Albany, right? I, I was, I was uh, conceived in the West Hill. Uh, I'm from a large family. I'm one of eight kids. So my parents mm-hmm. grew out of the apartment. So I'm, I grew up in Colony area and went through the school system in Colony. But I also got the best of both worlds where I grew up. I, I know the streets of the suburb. And I grew up on the streets of the West Hill because our family business has been there for 78 yeah. years this year. Okay, so my question to you is, over the, uh, back, back in the day, mm-hmm. if you went to the run for office and you didn't live in Albany, nobody wanted you to run for office. Do you remember those days? Sure, that's why I moved, I moved to show solidarity. I moved into the city last year. But but Kathy Sheehan is from out of state. That's right. Pat Fahey's from out of state. Yeah. And that old that old concept of you know born and raised in Albany no longer matters, right? No, it it doesn't. They got on me when I announced this administration was making fun of me because I grew up in Colony. My apartment is less than six miles from where I grew up. I'm not from the Midwest. I'm from less than six miles away. And our, you know, don't talk to me about, not you, but them, the administration, don't talk to me about not being in the city. Are you kidding me? We have a stand-up business for 78 years, and you want to undermine the integrity of our family name and what we've given to the city? They've got to be out of their minds. This is how junior varsity it is. They don't care. But also the onus is on the voter, too. I mean, you got to remember, in your audience, as you know, Cynthia, very well, your audience may not recall, that in the last election, less than 18,000 people voted. Right. There's apathy. They don't care. So mm-hmm. my task is even harder this year. It's even harder to convince people. So it's a very valid point of what you bring up. And I started saying that last summer. We need more local people to at the very least, get out and express their voice, not just type away, but actually walk the streets and, and, and give your voice because it's not going okay. to change unless they do. Okay. Um, four years ago, Kathy Sheehan said she would only serve for two, two terms. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's yeah. almost done with her second term. 
she decides that she wants to run for a third term. Sure. And, you know, she, I'm sure, knows that she's not the most well-loved person in Albany. You know, mm-hmm. she gets criticized in the media. People talk about, you know, oh, I, I dislike the mayor. Oh, I want to see her go. Oh, this, oh, that. Mm-hmm. So she's got to know she's not well-loved. But mm-hmm. she's running again. What's in it for her to go for a third term when she's not really liked at all? She probably can't get a job anywhere else because if anyone looked at her resume, they'd probably laugh at it. Um, she's failed the city for eight years. Uh, she has been the least transparent elected official I've seen in the last eight or ten years just because I'm a reader of, of everything in life. Um, and, you know, what, what, she, she's an elitist, right? So there's a woman, and God bless her. Hey, that's great. She made her money. But she doesn't need money. So it all comes down to that, you know, that whole notion of these people are power and money greedy officials. That's it. So what else are they going to do? They, 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 all she can do is go on this national narrative. And if anyone's paying attention, you can look back right to what Mayor Daley did in Chicago. And she is running a parallel route just with all this Chicago machine and Albany machine. And people's got to wake up to that. They've got to, they've got to start, um, I can't say it enough, like getting involved and hold her accountable. So, of course, she would run again. Of course, she would. What else is she going to do? She's probably put in resumes for other jobs, and it's probably been denied. So, and, and, and it's got to be up to, you know, the voters have to recognize this. They've got to stop being afraid. You, you, just, you just do. We don't work for those people. They work for us, and they're failing, all of them. So it's a very clicky area. It's a very clicky area. And these elected officials are so weak, in my opinion. They won't even stand up for what's right, and they know what's right, because they don't want to rock the boat. Why? Because they're all Democrats. There's no one else to counter their thought process, so they all acquiesce. That's, that's borderline sinful. That's just, that's just preying on people. But people are letting it happen. They're letting it happen year in and year out. And all this frustration that I've sensed and felt in the past six months of this election year by meeting great, great people and positive people, I don't know where they've been the past eight years. I, I, I can't understand why there hasn't been this much frustration and angst and speaking out against an administration that is so weak and so immature that now they've got, they've got to get fired up and they want everything fixed overnight. And I'll be honest with you, I, you know, you interview other candidates. I don't know if, if they get this, but I've got big, big meetings and big endorsements. And th- everyone looks to me like I can fix this overnight. Like, that's impossible. That's why it goes back to where if you're going to hold me accountable, I'm holding everyone else accountable too because I need every single person's help with this. This is a giant task. Uh, I don't have the panacea. I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to learn, listen, and, and work together with everyone. From day one, I've said that. That's why I did not take sides, and I stuck with my independent 
uh, tradition of who I am and uh, to take the independent line. Do you think you would have had an easier time had you decided to run as a Democrat? Sure, 100%. Absolutely. I I would say yes. Um, You know, if I had, but this is why I didn't. I definitely say yes, because I would have had, um, at least I would have got on the line and I would have had much less <laughs> signatures to get. Um, that's right, right off the bat. But I didn't want to be beholden to a party. I wanted to be beholden to the people. And um, I didn't want to seem like a flip-flopper, because I'm not. I've been a registered independent since I was 18. And I continue that because I wanted the integrity and the authentic Greg Adela to come to the plate and not have anyone use that against me because I didn't, I truly didn't feel it in my heart. And, you know, I know how people are born into being a Democrat in this city. I understand that and I respect that. But the Democratic Party is certainly not what it was. There is no way it was or it is what it was. It's, it's, you can look about that throughout the entire country. But yes, I would have probably had an easier route but I, I just felt I would have been, uh, it would have been uh, very, just not authentic. And the one thing I can say is after all what I've given in these six months, and we'll see what happens in the next two weeks with my petitions, that if I'm not on the ticket, that people can look back and notice what I've done to try to fight for Albany for three years in these past six months, that I've stayed authentic, I took the high road, I never called anyone names, I didn't throw mud, I was just stating facts. Um, and that's why I can get up and look at myself in the mirror and know that I gave it my best shot. So, Greg, I'll call you um, when your petition process is over and you sure. can come back and focus on the opening and share your thoughts at that point. But in the meantime... Anybody who's listening to this who wants to get involved in your campaign, help you with signatures, help you with fundraising, anything, how could mm-hmm. they, how could they, um, uh, I'm sorry, get how could they? <laughs> yeah, sure. They can go to my website and they can drop me an email. My website is gregformayor2021.com. Drop me an email. I'd be glad to, uh, to hear from, from the community and, and uh, do what I can to learn and, and have them get involved, absolutely. Okay, thank you. So um, we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Okay, thank you so much, Cynthia. Always a pleasure talking with you. Okay, thanks. You've been listening to Greg Adela, who's on the Independence Line for Mayor. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.